Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Good morning, everybody. Okay, so we all, those that were here over Christmas, you would have heard that I spoke on angels, the Christmas angels. And that's only because um, in the last, what, how long is it now? About almost 10 months, I've had like such an ongoing awareness of angels. I'm sorry, it's like you might think I'm weird, but I've had such an ongoing awareness of angels and the role that they play in each of our lives. So for me, because of what's happening inside of me and because I've seen how beautifully the angels have come to assist me as an individual, I really pray today that you would get that same heart that I have. It's not an occultic heart. One of the things I said to Steve is, it's so strange. I don't think I've ever, ever heard a sermon on angels. Is there anybody here who has? Mark has, Trevor has. Oh, the Christmas angels. So a couple of you have, but I mean, I don't think, you know, uh, in fact, like I think when we were trying to resource some materials and that, I mean, the was 1940s, hey, was the last time that angels was actually preached about. And it's kind of like there's more teachings on demonology and occult and how to f- spiritual warfare and how to fight demons than actually on the angels. It's like our focus is on the fallen angels and not on the angels that never fell. I mean, hello? I mean, that's what I've heard. I've heard hundreds of... One of the things that uh, in my preparation is what I heard is that in the Bible, angels are mentioned over 330-odd times. Okay? That equates to, and it's half and half, half new, half old, but that equates to every, in a standard Bible, you know, there's so many different versions that you get now, to every fourth page, there's a mention of angels. And yet, the church on a whole have relegated angels to the back page of the church, maybe to little paintings of angels with halos and playing a harp. The only angel Stephen knows is me. And, <laughs> and to probably the days of the Bible. They're my wings. If you want to see me fly, you've got to make a personal appointment, thousand rand an hour. <laughs> so basically, I think as a whole, because of where I am and all the years that I've served Christ, is that angels have really, really taken the back seat in the the modern church. And when we hear stories of people that have had angelic encounters, we probably say, oh, well, they must be very, very special people. But you know what? We are all special people. And today, I am going to pray that there's going to be an angelic awareness that is going to come into each of our hearts. So can we pray together? If you'd lift your hands and just pray after me. Father, I'm not used to this topic. Say that. Tell him. It's a little strange. But today, I ask that you would give me 
a revelation of the angels that have been sent to earth to serve me, that you would give me an awareness of their activity in my life. Amen. Okay. So, I want to say, why are there so many ongoing mentions of angels in the Bible, right from the book of Genesis, right? And I mean, it escalates in the book of Revelations, which is a pretty much a picture of how angelic activity is going to escalate towards the end days. So it's just our awareness and also like our openness to asking them to be a part of our lives. Um, you know, like I've often heard stories of people that will tell me they've seen an angel or whatever, but they're all kind of pretty vague, don't you think? An angel appeared. Woo-hoo! End of the story. And I thought like, you know, so often when people ha have this experience where they die and they go to heaven and then they find that they're walking on grass and the flowers and as they walk, the grass and the flowers spring up and people go, oh. But when it comes to anything to do with angels, they're quickly grabbing their Bibles and they're checking it out. And I think it's because of the two scriptures out of the 330-odd scriptures that warn us about angels that have been highlighted, green, black, pink, orange, whatever, so you cannot miss it. And that's basically don't get caught worshipping angels. So we're so scared that we're going to get caught worshipping angels that we back off completely. The other one is don't even receive a different gospel, even if it comes from an angel. So we highlight that, like, boom, 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 boom. I don't want to see angels because they're going to come, with, come to me to give me a different gospel. I don't want to see angels because maybe I'm going to be tempted to worship them. And we just lock them up and we put them away. Am I right? We have focused on two scriptures in the Bible that have stolen us, stolen from us, what God has for us, the more. Do you know the word of God? I haven't even been using my outline. I'm so sorry. Let me see if I can do this. Okay, that's not the one I wanted, but I just want to say, though God's word doesn't, understand, uh, doesn't change, the Bible will never change, but our understanding and the revelation of the Bible is an ongoing thing. And I feel sorry for anybody who reads the Bible and keeps it as their theology. In Pretoria, we were inundated with the theological students because they were all going to the Ingeha Forum to churches. They were the naughtiest kids. They could quote the Bible, but there was no spiritual life in them at all. The Bible in itself will not give you life. It will not give you revelation. But when you begin to understand it and open it up and you find the treasures, the Bible says, when you go and you look for these hidden treasures, you are going to encounter so much more with God, the more that he has for you. Anyway, I'll leave it up for a little while, is beyond, I am not preaching a different gospel. I am not preaching a new gospel. I am not into angel mania. Although when I was doing research, it's horrific. I would say it's horrific how many people have been caught up in the worship of angels. And the only reason is because they do, they resemble heaven. So it's easy to get caught up in worshiping angels because of the resemblance of heaven. But because some people have been caught up in that, does that mean we as a church must stay away from the fullness of what God has for us? No. So, 
reading and listening to Joshua Mills. Um, I, I, I can't remember what the first piece was. It got me into angels when I was over in the UK. But Joshua Mills has now just released a book called Angel Awareness, I think, or Aware of Your Angels, or Getting to Know Your Angels. There's something, something to that degree. I actually bought the book. I've been reading it, listening to the download of the MP3. It, it's pretty off the wall for us normal Christians. It is. It's pretty off the wall and can be sometimes scary. And one of the things Joshua says is, why don't you ask God to reveal to you who your guardian angel is? Do you know your guardian angel has been with you from the day you were born? In Matthew, or uh, you see now I'm all over the place already, but it says that um, angels are with the children. You know that? It says, like even when I was watching Logan and Zoe and Beb wreaking havoc over there, my inclination is behave, children, behave. And yet with Jesus, when the disciples were there and the children were coming and running to him and they wanted to be a part of it, what did he say? Don't offend one of these little ones. He says, because their angels have constant access to the presence of God, which means that they have incredibly powerful angels that they don't have to activate. They are just there. And, you know, the whole thing, it says, like, don't you know that the children's angels are in the presence of God continually. It's just amazing. But I believe we've had angels from when we were born. Anyway, so this was one of Joshua Mills. Oh, by the way, add for Josh, the Bible app. Stephen, don't look at me like that. <laughs> you know the little brown Bible app? Okay, Joshua Mills has got a part in it now. It's be, there's a little devotional on angels. I mean, how cool is that, hey? So if you want to see a little bit, it's very little. So basically, this is what he says, and I read this, and I'm thinking like, okay, God, do I really want to see my guardian angel? Do I really want to see an angel? Bottom line, if you know me, and you know me, well, I'm a ninny. I don't want to see spirits and spirit stuff. I don't mind feeling, but I don't want to see. In fact, I grew up in a home where there were a lot of evil spirits, and when their presence was there, my sister would interact with them, and I would put the duvet over, or we didn't have duvets in those days, sheet and blanket over my head. I did not want to have anything to do with spirits. And I think that fear has been with me my entire life. So even when I, I, I sort of like said this prayer in conjunction with Joshua, I actually had like butterflies in my stomach. I thought, what if I open my eyes and there's an angel? What would I do? How would I react? Anyway, so I, I read this, and I said it out loud with Joshua Mills. It says, I can see angels in the Bible because God has given them a place, plan, and purpose in the scriptures. I can also see angels in my life because God has given them a place and a plan and a purpose for me. The angels follow God's precepts as they point me towards Jesus Christ. I follow God's precepts as I point others towards Jesus Christ. As I begin seeing angels, I will keep my focus on all that God has commanded me to do. So that whole thing, asking God to let you see your angels, as I begin seeing them, Lord, keep my focus on Jesus, and I open my eyes, and there was no angel. Okay. So I was, I'm disappointed, but I'm not too disappointed, if you know what I mean. So, 
what happened was I started thinking about angelic experience in my life that I might have been unaware of. You know that scripture where it says that you entertain angels, you have them as a guest, but you're totally unaware. But there had been a couple of little spiritual encounters in my life uh, with angels. And the one was when I was probably about 15, I was living in this huge house on my own, probably about a six, seven-bedroomed house. And it was quite an eerie house. I, I had moved in with my dad. My sisters were at boarding school. My dad was always out with his girlfriends. So I was kind of all alone in this house. And I mean, I'd have friends over and that. But you know, they can't be at your house all the time. And I remember go, climbing into bed one night to go to sleep. And I, I closed my eyes. And you know that feeling where you start drifting off? And a voice, a feminine voice said to me, good night, Janet. And I went, good night. And then I'm, what is that? I'm alone in this house. And God just reminded me of that. He said, Janet, that was your angel saying good night to you. And then I said, but God, angels aren't female, are they? <laughs> aren't they meant to be male? And then I looked at the Bible in Zechariah 5 verse 9. It says, before me were two women with the wind in their wings. I mean, how's that? So the angels are male and female. And often in the Bible, like even that song that Stephen spoke of this morning, where you, the eagle's wings will carry you. When you read in the Bible about birds, you are often reading about angelic activity. And when it says that you'll be carried on the wings of an eagle, it's saying you are going to be carried by angels. In the throne room of God, there is an angel that has the four faces, human, eagle, lion, and it's an angel. So one of the manifestations of an angel is to come and to pick you up and to carry you when you're in a hard time and in a hard place. And that is what this, the Bible says. They will strengthen you, and they will carry you on their wings. In the, with the, in the desert, was it Elijah, Elisha? Stephen and I couldn't really find it, but we didn't know if it was Elijah, Elisha. But when the Bible says the ravens fed him, it was interactive with angels and raven birds coming to feed him. I mean, that's an interesting thing. Huh? When he says he keeps you like under his wings, he's saying, I've got you surrounded by angels. Okay. I want to get into a little bit of theology because I don't want you to go away from here just hearing five stories and forgetting, okay? <laughs> and I also don't want to get into that whole thing of the teaching you might have heard of the angel of the Lord is Jesus in the Old Testament. Who's heard that one? Okay. There's lots of different theories on that, and I think it's just a quick fix for the angel of the Lord, whether it's capital L, baby L, an angel is an angel. Okay. The other thing was, can, I don't want to waffle too much, but my guardian angel, I really believe God told me her name was Joan. Okay. So what I did is what Joshua does. He has these seminars and whole teachings on angels. And people have said, I don't know my angel. I don't know, I don't know who it is. I mean, I haven't had revelation. And they start getting names of angels, and then they go and they look and they do research of the name of the angel that they feel God has shown them that is an angel. And the, the description of that angel fits personalities amazingly. 
And then I said to God, but how can angels have a name? I remember sitting there in that mother's room over there at the back with one of the ladies when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and people laughing and rolling. She said to me, oh, God has given me my angel's name. I'm thinking, what the heck? Are you crazy? Are you off the wall? Who wants to go around finding out angels' names? And then I was thinking, but God named the animals. The demons have names in the Bible. Why the heck can't angels have names? But I found that the angels' names that you have that are assigned to you to watch over you are a great description of who you are and your personality. And I mean, I'm just going to read you a couple if you don't mind. Let me indulge myself with the angel Jane. Uh, Joan, where's my Joan angel? Joan, my angel there. Okay. And these are the, this is the scripture of a Joan. It says, benevolent, brilliant, inventive, courage, determined, original, creative, leadership, loves a cause, doesn't finish what she starts, leaves details to others. I'm frank. I'm often told I'm far too frank. Methodical, believe in systems, laws, and orders. I'm down to earth, well, John, John is down to earth, and grounded. And I just felt like, gee, that actually sounds like me. So I believe that our guardian angels represent our personalities, our interests, our, our desires, and our talents. Please just open your ears, your spirit, and your eyes, because what I'm speaking about now might not make sense to you. But I'm wanting God to reveal angels to you. It's not, but anyway, so I just want to just share something in that line, is do you know that when Peter was in jail in the book of Acts chapter 12, when, when he was released from jail, I think it was Paul, yeah, it was Peter, Peter is in 12 and Paul is in 15, he then went to the house of Debbie, and in that house they were having a prayer meeting, and they were praying for the release of Peter from jail. You know, you pray, oh God, Everybody with this truck driver, set him free, set him free, oh God. You know, they were praying, oh God, set Peter free. So anyway, so Peter goes, gets released supernaturally from jail. He goes straight to the house of Debbie. He knocks on the door. A servant girl goes. She looks through the little peep and she sees Peter standing there. She runs into the prayer meeting and she says, hey, Peter's at the door. I've just got to read this to you because I find it so funny. I should actually, I'm not following it there. Um, and this was the response of the servant girl in Acts 12, verse 15. Are you crazy? They said to her. But when she kept insisting, they answered, well, it must be his angel. I mean, hello? Where did they get that from? His, the angel, they knew the angels. I mean, like if you read in the book of Acts, it's angel, 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 awareness of angels, angel directing, telling, doing, keeping, protecting. They were so flippant aware of the angels that they thought Peter's angel, Peter, who was Peter, was actually an angel. I mean, how's that for a thought? Okay. Okay, I won't shout at you. Anyway, another picture God gave me of my angel, da-da-da-da, is it was very bored. I Seriously, I had a picture of my angel sitting, just looking bored. And I just felt God say to me in that picture, Janet, you're not living beyond yourself. You're not expecting more. You're not releasing angels to do more than what you can. I'm living within my own strength. And Stephen, I know, once saw his angel 
uh, he said two angelic encounters, but his angel was very bad on. <laughs> and if you know how naughty Stephen is, uh, his children know, you'll know why his angel has to work flipping hard. <laughs> but he did have another nice experience where an angel put oil in his desk where he was studying. How's that? So our angel has been with us our whole lives. Let's just look a little bit at the role and the function of an angel. And I'm not going into the um, seraphim, cherubim, what kind of angel came, guardian angel, this. I'm looking at angels in general. Okay, so we're going to look at the function of an angel. Okay. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. In the, the Passion Translation, it says the angels are wind, spirit winds. So it's a spirit. So that's why I'm scared. They are spirits. The angels are spirit winds of ministry sent to minister to those destined to receive salvation. They don't only stay with you until you receive salvation. They remain as servants for you after you have received your salvation. The angels are glad to minister to us, for they see in us Christ. I mean, hi, hello. Okay. So we see, first of all, that angels are ministers. Another word that can be used is that they are liturgical spirits. Now, the word liturgy is used for priests, it's used for the, the, for the Levites in the temple of God. Liturgy is also used like in a king's court. So basically they are men that serve in the king's court and then they go into the king's land and they deliver and messages and do what the king has told them to do. They'll get a whole lot of people with them. Come, this is what the king wants. So these angels are liturgy. They serve in the throne room of God. Sam Jackson was early morning. <laughs> I'm counting her fillings. No, I'm teasing. But anyway, they serve in the holy, they serve in the presence of the kingdom of God, and then they come to earth to minister to us. I mean, they are servants to us. It sounds terrible. It sounds a little bit arrogant, you know? Like they are servants. So basically, we see that angels are spirits that are called to service. They are mediators between God and man. Um, you'll see that Stephen said to me, how can you say that? And in the Old Testament, I know one of the angels got into a conversation with God and said, how much longer must the son of men suffer? So they, 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 they mediate, they talk, they interact. They don't want us to suffer. Where I think even in Job, when he was suffering, the angels were almost being held back from rushing in to minister to him. They don't like it when children of God suffer. They've got to hold themselves back. So, where am I? Okay, they strengthen us and they undergird us. Matthew 4, but Jesus said, Go away, enemy, for the scripture said, Kneel before the Lord your God and worship him only. As at once the accuser left him and the angel suddenly gathered around Jesus and began ministering to his needs. What needs do you have that need to be ministered to? 
But at the same time, what I like there, what, that's an Old Testament scripture that Jesus quotes to the devil. And one of the things that the angels heed is the word of God, the spoken word of God. They love it. They obey it. So you can get a promise from the Bible and say, you said in the word, and angels will heed and begin to minister. But one of the things that's over there, as you can see there, that worship, the Old Testament, the original scripture, is that you must fear only God. And Jesus in the desert changed it to worship only God because angels respond to worship. When you take away the fear that is in your heart about a situation and you begin to worship God, angels will minister to you. Um, Paul and Silas, shall we see? After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in an innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night, sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. And suddenly there was a great earthquake which shook the foundations of the prison. And all of a sudden, every, well, everybody shackles and all the doors opened and the prisoners could come and go as they felt. Angels respond to worship. So with Peter, they responded to prayer. Here you see with Jesus, he knows and he understands that the worship of God is going to bring angelic ministry to strengthen him while he's going through the 40 days in the desert. It amazes me how many people fast without angelic spirits to minister. Do you know Jesus would have never made the 40 days without the angels ministering to him? How often in the desert didn't angels come and strengthen him? And yet we try and do it. Da-da! In my strength, I will fast. And then by the time you come to the 40 day, you're so weak and thin and frail that you have no strength and you think God has just taken over. And he might just take over. He might take you to be with him. It was a supernatural experience in the desert. Okay. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease? What's this? Something virus, coronavirus? Yeah, how can it prevail against us? How can it infect us? Because God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Defending you from all harm. In the New Testament, angels are at our everyone because they see Christ in us. So they are happy to serve us. If you walk into a trap, the angels will be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll, be, you'll walk unharmed amongst the fiercest powers of darkness. The Hebrew word includes the words for lions, snakes, and dragons. I didn't know there were dragons in Bible days, but anyway. Which are the three great symbolic powers for demons or for satanic things. And trample each one of them beneath your feet. He's saying God is going to send angels and no kind of satanic force, no kind of disease, no kind of a plan is going to be able to stand up and attack you because God has sent his angels concerning you. But it also says that if you make 
the Lord your God, your place where you live, your secret hiding place. In other Bibles, it says your dwelling. And a dwelling refers to the church. It refers to your home. It refers to you as an individual where there's more than one person. So if you've invited Christ to come into your dwelling and you've made him your home, angels are there. Carrie, do you want to come quickly share about that experience you had with angels in your, no, no, seriously, um, over, your, over the house? Hey? You always moan at me that I get everything wrong. Okay, Carrie was house-sitting in the house. I did tell you this on Christmas Day where um, she was tied up and robbed uh, by a group of five-odd guys. She then later, at a later date went to house-sit again and Logan went to bed and he wanted to sleep in the lounge and she was lying in bed and all of a sudden this fear came on her. What if these guys come back? And she started to pray. And she prayed and she prayed and she said, oh God, release angels, just release angels. And she said, all of a sudden there was a vision that came to her and it was of the house that she was in and it was surrounded all around by angels. And then there was somebody which was like a dark presence tried to come near the house and they turned away and walked away. And God, hey, they saw the house, they saw the angels and they walked away. And that is what happens when you make God your dwelling. Oh yeah, she said the angels looked like northern lights around the house and they were going through the house. Okay. So, I've got another scripture, another story I want to tell you, but can I beg some time from my beautiful audience? Please don't go. I'll try, I'll try not to make you bored. Come back, come back. <laughs> okay. Are we all okay? Do you need to stand up and take a breath? It's so hot in this place. Or was it just me? I'm a hottie, hey? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, when I was younger and unsaved, unsaved, I heard this story. And I think it was a pretty powerful story, and it's always stayed with me. It was actually my ex-boyfriend's mother that this happened to. She was going to go to the hospital to visit somebody. can't remember who it was. I think it might have been her husband was in hospital. And she was sitting at a bus stop. And a car pulled into the bus stop, and it came in right close like this so she couldn't get out. So trapped. You know in the old days when the bus stop had backs? Yeah. So she was trapped. And this guy forced her into the car. And she was fearful, obviously. She was a lovely Christian woman. And he started driving onto the, into the outskirts of the town that we lived in. And he eventually got to, like, like a, a feel felt. Where um, he parked his car, and in Springs, where she where she lived, there was this huge factory called Sappy Fine Papers, and it was on the other side of Sappy. And she just remembered, like, just the absolute fear inside of her. And when this guy stopped, he opened the cubby hole, and inside it, she saw tape, she saw rope, she saw all the things involved with an abduction, murder, killing, rape. 
And she said, she went, oh God, help. And an angel said to her, I can't remember her name, Eva, I think it was, Pan, Mrs. Pan, run. And she said, that's all she remembered. She woke up in a security guard's hut on the inside of the factory in Sapi. In hindsight, there was a huge thing of water where the, for the paper that was on the other side. There was no ways, absolutely no ways. Not only could she get across that water thing, but scale the wall into the actual factory. I mean, how's that? I mean, like, it always stood with me, stayed with me. She, she just heard the words run, and she, she obviously mobilized herself, and that's all she remembered. I mean, that always stood with me. Hmm? Untouched. So angels are servants. They're there to serve us in our time of need. And they are constantly in the presence of God and in the presence of man. I just had such a beautiful picture of when Jesus said, whatever's in heaven, let it be on earth. Angels in and out, bringing goods from heaven, gold, um, healing, just the presence of God. Okay, anyway. So let's become aware of them and, and their desire to minister to us. The scripture says when we are weak, he is strong. And it's not just Christ in us. It's not just the Holy Spirit in us. It's because he loves when we depend on the gifts of angels. Jesus fully depended on angels when he walked on planet Earth in his human, frail, these horrible little things that we give him. Maria was telling me this morning she's never had sickness or pain. And I praise God for that. And I think we can all get to that place where we can trust God for it. But these bodies let us down. We need angels. Jesus needed angels. So we need to have an angel awareness. I'm just going to read this scripture in Luke 12, verse 8. And then I might finish up. Oh, I can assure you of this, if you don't hold back, but freely declare in public that I am the Son of Man, Jesus' words, the Messiah, I will freely declare to all the angels of God that you are mine. Why would he have to do that? But if you publicly pretend that you don't know me, I will deny you before the angels of God. Our starting point is coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden he says to the angels, all the angels, Take care, they're one of mine. I mean, that's amazing. But as long as you're confessing Jesus as your Lord, publicly, it's a little bit what baptism does, hey? I mean, we can make a, a commitment to Christ in our hearts, but when we get baptized, we're saying, Jesus is my Lord. So, and what the angels did for Jesus on earth, they will do for you. They undergirded him in his fast, a fast that put human flesh to the ultimate test. Big, big, What's it, girls? Gillis, Gillis. Has nothing on what Jesus had to do in the desert to survive. I mean, we all have bare girls, hey? And I mean, Jesus, the ultimate is, but he could not have done it without angels, the same way as bear could not do it without a couple of knives and strings and whatever he takes. They undergirded him in temptation. When he was tempted, the Bible says, Jesus tempted? Yes, he was tempted. The Bible says angels were released to minister to him. Do you know that when you are tempted to do that that is not right, angels will be released to minister to you to make that way out, the Bible says. They will show you the way out. 
They undergirded him in the garden of Gethsemane. Do you know when you've got something bigger than yourself that you're about to do? Angels will come and minister strength to you so that you don't fail in your human weakness. And do you know that the angels took care of every detail of Jesus' life? From when he was born, right through to the cross, where Jesus said at the cross, I could call on armies of angels to take me down, but he knew what he had to do. Jesus did it for us. We don't have to go to the cross. We now have armies of angels to take care of us. You know, in Matthew 26, 53, he says, Don't you realize that I could ask my heavenly Father for angels to come at any time to deliver me? And instantly he would answer me by sending 12 armies. How many people, are, how many angels are now an army of angelic hosts to come and protect us? Another thing is angels are the carriers of the glory and the presence of God. And that's another thing God reminded me of. When I've been in church or been on my own, and you know where you get that like, oh, the presence of God is on me. Do you know often that's just the presence of an angel that has caught something in heaven from being in the heavenly realms and come into your presence? And you can become aware of that. You can ask God to make you aware of that. You can ask the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus to make you aware of when angels are with you. But we're so scared. I mean, I know I, I'm speaking for myself, put my hand up, that I didn't realize how intertwined the work of the Holy Spirit and angels were and how similar they are. And that's something I'm going to speak about next week. It's just a relationship between humans, the Holy Spirit, and angels. So angels minister to us for any reason. They are so much stronger than us. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. They have superhuman strength. They moved the stone away from the grave of Jesus. Boop. What humans couldn't do. They have superhuman strength, and that is why we in our frail mortal bodies need their assistance. They have super abilities. So, we are not superhuman, but we have Christ in us. The angels long to serve us because they see Christ in us. We are trapped in these bodies, but God has said, I will make angels to come and surround you, to watch over you, to take you into what I have for you. And we need them when we begin to live beyond ourselves and for others and we go into the mission field and we trust God for the harvest of souls because the Bible says that they are harvesters. We talk. How will people hear unless we talk? But how can the angels harvest unless we've spoken? It's like we are so intertwined in our work together. It's amazing. So I just wanted to say basically the primary call of angels is to bring people to a place of salvation. That's the primary call. And then to minister to these new creations, these countless creations, that's their secondary cause. Because they are so in all of us. The Bible says they are in all of us. They celebrate when we give our lives to Jesus. You cannot have angels worship uh, with you, ministering to you, unless you have given your life to Jesus Christ. Because he says, until you've done that, I cannot confess you before angels. I mean, you've got an angel with you. You've got a guardian angel, but it's not the same. The amount of angels that God has available for each of us to watch over us, to do things for us, it's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. And I'm going to also speak on the different roles of angels, like on revelation and prosperity and healing. 
I'm gonna, they, they have got so many different roles, but their main function is service, serving you as a born-again Christian. So, angels are ministering spirits, and when we publicly confess Jesus, they will come and they will minister to you. But I also want to ask you this morning, what stone is in front of your freedom? What stone do you need help for the angels to remove? Where are you needing to be strengthened? What area do you need strengthening? Can you believe that angels will come and just put their hands on you and strengthen you? Joshua Mills was telling me, um, me, not me personally, his book, telling his readers about ministry. You know, when you minister, you can become quite exhausted. I mean, anybody in the ministry knows ministry is exhausting. And he went back to his hotel room in the middle of a conference, and he lay on his bed, and he said, God, ekanimien. That means I can't do anymore. He had come to the end of his human ability. And he said, as he closed his eyes, angels came and they laid their hands on him. And they ministered to him for a good 20, 30, 40 minutes during the tea break. When he stood up, he said he couldn't believe how invigorated and powerful he felt that he could have gone on all day. I mean, he's got this awareness of what the angels can and don't do for us. I'm not saying that he lives in this angelic realm continually, but he actually says, I see angels every day of my life. From when he was a little boy right to, to now. I'm not a seer in that sense, but people that have the gift of being seers can see angels. But you've got to start using that gift to almost like release angels. So when you see that there's an angel in this building, you come to the front and you say, there is an angel here that represents healing and he wants to release healing. You come to the front and you say, there's an angel here that wants to release revelation. So it's a body, it's a body thing. And if I feel that, I'm going to say it. And nobody's going to take their guns out and shoot me, I hope. But I want to say this morning, if there's anybody here who has never, ever given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, would you like me to lead people in a prayer or do you want to? If you've never, ever been confessed by Jesus to the angels, you know you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning, to give your life to Jesus. And you're going to say it out loud, and you're going to let the person next to you hear it, because Jesus wants to release angels in and on you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to set you free. He wants to minister to you. So right now, close your eyes, lift your hands. Close your eyes, lift your hands, everybody. And say, Father, today I receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. I thank you that you died on my behalf. And I invite you to become the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Did the person next to you hear that prayer? Did you hear that person praying next to you? If you didn't, they must pray it again so you can. Because I want Jesus to release angels from the heavenly realm into your everyday lives. And I pray right now for a release of angelic activity to watch over to God, to set us free from fear, to undergird, to strengthen, to encourage, 
to do that that God has released them to do on planet earth. And I asked that angels would come from the place in the heavens, the heavenly realms, with amazing gifts for each of us. And I asked that over this next week that we are going to have testimonies next week of angelic encounters. And I come up against a spirit of fear that will stop people from experiencing and sensing the amazing angels that God has for them. And I release faith because angels respond to faith. They respond to the word of God. They respond to worship. They respond to prayer. And I release the desires of prayer, worship, faith into our hearts so that we can release angels into our atmospheres, into our dwelling place, into our homes, and into this auditorium. In Jesus' name, amen.